As we begin our worship this morning, let us join in the morning prayer, which you'll find on page 167 at the top, page 167 in the front part of your hymn book. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray you to protect me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the wicked foe may have no power over me. Amen.
Scripture reading for our meditation today is taken from St. Paul's letter to the congregation in Ephesus, the fifth chapter, beginning with verse 15. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray now that you would increase our faith through them. Amen. Please be seated. Back in 1937, there were dozens of teenage boys who brought their bicycles over to England, to Great Britain. And um, they were all from Germany. And they had with them notebooks and cameras and things. And they started to tour England and went to different villages and towns and hamlets and cities and all over the place, taking pictures and writing notes about things that they had found and, and meeting some of the local people. And uh, they became very interested in where certain historical sites were. And, and uh, it was discovered years later that they had been sent there by the new chancellor in Germany, and that was Adolf Hitler. And three years from that time, he was planning to send troops in to invade Great Britain. But in the meantime, he sent what he called his Hitler Youth over there to, to kind of meet the people and greet the people and get to know them and take notes about where things were, measure bridges, determine what bridges were made from, uh, measure the size of the Windsor Castle and note where the guards stood and some of the more prominent places and things. And the intent of all of this was espionage. Now the people themselves, the British people, were unaware of this. Some of the communities had parties for these boys on their bikes as they drove around and invited them into their homes and took pictures with them. They had pictures in British newspapers of them uh, meeting these young men. It's interesting that during times of war, people can be very cunning in, in regard to the evil they want to do and sometimes make it even appear as something that is very good and very nice. And what is so often true in the physical realm, we can often likewise find to be true in the spiritual realm when it comes to how we in our faith can be attacked by those who want to pull us away from Christ. There are real forces, Paul is writing about, that wish to regain you back into the kingdom of darkness that you once belonged in. The Bible says when we are born into this world, we're all born with sin and an emptiness in us about God. We are born enemies of God. The Bible describes us as being in the kingdom of darkness the way we come into this world. But Paul has just said earlier in this very chapter, you were, writing to Christians, you were once darkness, now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. 
Once we've come to faith in, in Christ as our Savior, knowing that he had to go to the cross to shed his blood to pay for all of our sins and our guilt before God, and by that we've been forgiven, and because of what he's done for us, God has baptized us into this Christian faith and given us the holy, perfect righteousness, the robe of righteousness that we wear as believers in Christ. And by this precious faith, someday God is going to take us right through the gates of heaven where we will live forever. That's now what it means to be a child of light, Paul is saying. But the problem is that the very darkness we came out of to be given this gift of faith is, wants to reclaim us wants to take us back into its hold. In the, 1800, in the 1800s, a pastor by the name of Walther said this, As soon as a person sides with the Lord Jesus Christ, he breaks his peace with the world and Satan, and they arm themselves to conquer and reclaim the soul that has escaped from them. So why does Paul give us this warning? Well, it's a lifelong struggle. It's a lifelong battle. When you've been blessed with the gift of faith in Christ as your Savior, and God has created that in your hearts, you have a natural enemy, three of them in fact, not only the devil, but the culture and the world around us that wants to attack and belittle this Christian faith. But there's also an ally that lives right inside of my heart, and that is my old sinful flesh. My old sinful flesh wants to push against this wonderful faith that God has given me as well. And so just like, just like a, a nest of snakes that's been driven out of a house and cleansed out of a house, those snakes are going to want to try to get back through any possible hole they can once again. So it is with the devil. He wants to reclaim our souls, and Paul is warning us about that. The, uh, the great difficulty with all of this is that we're dealing with things that are invisible. We're dealing with things we can't see. In the next chapter, Paul goes on to say that we're dealing here with the powers of this dark world, spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so he tells us as Christians we are to be careful as we go about our lives and our day-to-day -day lives. He says, walk circumspectly. Uh, that means wisely. Circumspectly means to be looking around, that, that you're keeping an eye on things around you that might possibly be influencing in, you, in your life. The Greek here is the same word that's used for an acrobat, someone who has to be very, very careful as to how they are walking. Imagine, if you will, a, a soldier in a war zone, and um, he knows that he's going through an abandoned building where there might be terrorists hiding in there. And each corner that he goes around, he doesn't need to be scared, but he needs to be cautious. And he needs to be careful as he walks through that very building. That's how Paul would have us think about the world that we're living in as Christians. That, that there is danger out there for our faith to try and pull us away from Christ. And it can come in a variety of different ways and sources. But he would not have us do this afraid of the world. We can, we can boldly look at, at how the world comes at us and how, the Satan come, how Satan comes at us. We should be cautious and careful, yes, but we don't have to be afraid. He tells us we should be redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. That means using our time in this life to make sure we stay in this faith. 
that we hold on to this wonderful hope of heaven we have because of our Savior, that we utilize his word in our day-to-day lives on a regular basis so that we stay with him throughout our lives. Martin Luther put it this way. He said, Be willing to steal and rob time that will benefit your faith. That's a good way to explain what it means, redeeming the time. Be willing to steal and rob time that will benefit your faith. Take advantage, in other words, of the opportunities in our lives that will help us remain with our Savior. And then listen to what Paul says. Listen to his directives. Be filled with the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Worship. Worship together with fellow believers. That's where we strengthen each other, where we encourage each other in our faith. And, and that music uh, embedded with the word of God will go down into our hearts and hold on to us. I've talked to many people who on their deathbeds will tell you that it's quite often the hymns that they learned as children that really help them hold on to their faith. He also wants us here to congregate, to make sure to gather together. In, among the African Christians in the Middle Ages, in order to depict how God talks about heaven as a land of milk and honey, after you took communion, there was often a little table off to the side that you could go to, and there was some milk mixed with honey, and you would take and drink that out of the same cup as all the people went through together as a reminder that we're on our way to heaven. What a beautiful picture that Christians have because of our worship together and taking the sacrament together. What we have by faith in this Savior is so precious, our God does not want us to lose it. Christ has paid the entire price for us to enter heaven, and he's taken care of all of it for us by his grace, and he's blessed you and me with that wonderful gift of faith in him. If you've been following the news in the last few days, earthly Jerusalem is a mess. 700 people have been killed just in the last week or so by attacks on the city of Jerusalem. Civilians, many of them. It's a dangerous place. But the new Jerusalem we are striving for, that the Bible speaks about, is one that's away from this earth, the beautiful home in heaven. And your gracious and loving God that has called you into the kingdom of light does not want you to miss living in that wonderful home. Thanks be to God. Amen.
Now may the triune God of your baptism, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you. Go in his peace. Amen.